Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the third installment of Junkie Sports Football. I'm one of your co-hosts, Trevor Kopp. I'm joined by Davis Perry and Thomas Taglieri. And we've been gone for a while. We're going to admit, you know, it's it's not easy. But uh, today we're just going to talk about big picture football, talk about the first third of the season um, and all that, all the craziness and uh, everything has to go along with that. So, boys, welcome. Thank well, you. Welcome. It could be anybody's <laughs> fault. The third podcast in week <laughs> it's week seven. Eight. Uh, yeah, it, we'll, we'll we'll tie this to week seven. Week eight has not started yet. <laughs> Thursday night starts football. Starts in a couple hours. Thursday night football has not started yet. We're still on week seven. Uh, but yeah, it's been a very enjoyable season so far, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuffs happened. We had a COVID scare, and it's kind of boiled over for the last two weeks, but uh, I think things are good. I think things are good. Football's looking good. There's a lot Hopefully of good games this last weekend. Yes, this last weekend, especially like the noon slotted games, I think, were very, very exciting and close. We had a scoregami, also elite. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. I think that was the third scoregami this year, maybe, third or fourth. Yeah, that's definitely the metric on is this a good NFL season? It's just the number of score gummies that are obtained. Yep, so I think we're on a great pace right now. I think so. so. This, is, this is one of the best uh, best seasons we've seen in a long, long time. I agree. Uh, so let's let's start talking about just the season in general. I know, Davey, you had some points and takes. I do want to point out, I had a take in the second episode that the Steelers would be the last undefeated team in the league. And here we are, the end of week seven. Yeah, but I also had a great well, take on my Falcons being four and four. <laughs> <laughs> I think that take has really yeah, gone yeah. well for me. It's, it's, it's definitely mature. Aged like a fine wine. Gosh, that team, man. <laughs> Just when you think they can't find any more ways to lose, they score they, a touchdown in the expiring minutes of the game. Todd Gurley doesn't. Can't decide oh, if he wants to rush it in or just let the he clock. He did try to stop. He did well, try to stop. He, he did try, try to sh- – oh, God, I'm all over my words. <laughs> he did try to stop, but I think he was just confused because, like, he could have put the ball back. Like, he just kind of fell down on the goal line. He could have definitely had time to, like, like put the ball backwards, like, on the one-yard line. I, I feel like that's time. a tough thing to do, though. I guess like your entire job is like score the ball. Like that is yeah. your main goal all the time. But it's I remember he's done that before. He, I mean, his rookie season with the Rams, I remember specifically him doing that in like week two or three, like right at uh, the beginning of the season. Yeah, but now he's not the Falcons. Like, <laughs> it's in the blood. It's ingrained <laughs> in the organization. Yeah, everything you can to throw the game. Yeah. I'm wondering if Falcons fans uh, around the world are starting uh, to look into a potential lobby of – Okay, do touchdowns count if the intent is not there? If they are not trying to score, can it still count as a touchdown? I think some could say there's an argument (laughs) to be made there. A very, very loose argument. I mean, an argument on the loss. It it shouldn't shouldn't have even mattered. (laughs) No. Because (laughs) any other defense in the league, pretty much every other defense in the league, does not let the Detroit Lions score in that situation but they did 
Dave, what was that stat you were telling me about, like with the 99% win percentage in the games? Do you remember what that was? No, I don't recall. They've had like a 99 win percentage in three games. Yes. This and year. I think – And they've I, lost all three. Yes. <laughs> and I think the NFL as a whole has done that twice. Also – Ever. Ever. Like, Not uh, even this season, but just like ever. When we were watching that game and like after they had already scored the touchdown – and the Detroit had like the ball in like the twenty, or something. And it, like the little stat that they showed up was like a ten percent chance that the Lions would win. It was four percent. It was four percent. I knew it was something crazy. It was low. like super low. Like, yeah, it was considering like, that's the Falcons, I, I feel like the computers didn't take that into account. They did not. That it was literally the Falcons like we're talking about. Yeah, you had two plays to get twenty yards basically, and they're like, that's a four percent chance it's going to happen. To be fair, I, know, I think everyone knew going into this week. Neither team was going to want to win that game. So we were in for a battle because Detroit's also had their fair share of games where they've kind of just been ahead and then find a way to lose as well. But, you know, the team that's better at finding a way to lose ended up doing it in a miraculous effort. I saw saw some tweet that was like, the Falcons are a good example of why humans will always be smarter than computers. <laughs> because sure, it may look like a 99% yeah. chance, but humans know that extra Falcons factor That's is good. in there. It's not 99% ever. That's true. It's nice. just, it's a feeling. It's a, it's a non-natural feeling. Like, or I guess it's a natural feeling. That it cannot that be could, calculated. That yeah. could be the ultimate uh, Turing test for if artificial intelligence has finally surpassed humans is- <laughs> Can they finally predict that the Falcons will blow the lead? <laughs> One day. Will they understand the troubles <laughs> that a Falcons fan has to endure? Because that's going to be tough. All right. So we have a type of um, like debate topic type of game. So the segment. series, the segment is called Am I Dreaming or? So we're just going to hop into it. I'm going to give um, a thought. And just I want you guys' first instinct, just answer the question. And uh, we can kind of get that going from there. So the first one, am I dreaming or is there no clear best team this year? I think that's a true fact. I I think it's very tough. I think there's a very clear worst team in the league. (laughs) But I don't think there's a very clear top team. Because especially if you're looking in the NFC, who the best team in the NFC is. I mean, we can go to the whole like NFL later, but the best team in the NFC is super up for grabs. In my opinion, like you have the Seahawks who have by far the best offense, but their defense is an absolute liability. Oh yeah. That's pretty, pretty as far as, as far as point differential go, they have the lowest point differential in the NFC West and like the lowest of, well, I was going to say the lowest of every division, but then I forgot that the uh, NFC East existed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I don't, I don't know. A lot of they play a lot of close games. They play a lot of close games. Yes, every every game except for Week One against the Falcons has been a one possession game. <laughs> at the end, <laughs> nice, dude. Another team that I think is very good and a team that I did not think was going to be this good as the Bucks. Fun no. fact. What are you yeah. going to say? What are you going to say Davis? 
Um, well, I, just before the whole Bucks take, because we do have a loaded question on the Bucks here. Oh, perfect. Bit. I'll say I'll um, save my time for that then. But yeah, I definitely think on both sides of the conference, there's no clear um, favorite. Like, obviously, the Chiefs are good, but they've shown their vulnerabilities against bad teams. Um, that's something they've struggled with in the past as well. Um, so, I mean, in the American League, the Titans, the Steelers, the Chiefs. I don't, I don't want to put the Bills there because they have had some pretty suspect weeks mm-hmm. of recently. Yes. Um, but all those three teams, and I mean, you could even group the Ravens in there too, I'd say, for the AFC. Like, those are all pretty if, – if any of those teams are facing each other, I don't think anyone's winning like eight out of ten of those matchups against each other. And then, I mean, if you look at the NFC, we kind of also mentioned it, but the Packers, the Bucks, the Seahawks, heck, even the, I don't know, the Cardinals or Saints, like they just find ways mm-hmm. to win the Rams. Like any given week, it seems like some teams have been just showing some vulnerabilities. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think there's a clear favorite this year. I think and, the playoffs will be very interesting. Okay, yeah, yes. that's something else I wanted to touch on, especially because they've moved into how only the top seed has um, the first round by. I think this will make for more exciting um, week 17 football, mm-hmm. which is something we haven't really thought of. But usually towards the end of the season, you know, those last two spots are for the most part locked up. But I think it's going to be a tight race down to the one seed on both sides of the conferences. And so I don't know if teams will be a four will be able to afford to just, you know, try to sit out some of their best players and give them a week's break going into the playoffs. So it could lead to some also some playoff upsets as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of excited to see how that's going to end up playing out. Yeah, I feel like on the the NFC side, there's a lot of strongly strong offensive teams with very sus defenses. And I, I think I think if you're talking about the most balanced teams, I think you're looking at the Bucks and the Rams as far as being able to perform offensively and defensively with the Rams being a little bit, maybe worse on that offensive side. And then if you flip to the AFC, I feel like you just have, it's, it's, it's a bigger differential between the best teams and the worst teams. In my opinion, there's not a lot of mush in between. Like I feel like you have the, the solid teams, maybe a few middle ground teams, and then you just have dog crap. <laughs> in my opinion, but um, I don't know the Jets. Come on now. (laughs) That's rude. The Jets are so bad. Well, okay. So let's transition into the Jets. So am I dreaming or are the Jets going to go 0-16? Oh, they're for sure going 0-16. I think they're for sure going 0-16. No no one's losing to the Jets. They do have a Browns matchup in week 16. And they will play the Raiders. They're not beating the Browns. I'm just putting it out there. That's, That's kind of. Some of the sus teams on the schedule. Dude, their their point differential is minus one eighteen. The that's next the next lowest is minus sixty six. That's the Jacks. Like it's almost double the lowest team. That's crazy. I'm looking at the Jets schedule right now. They're not they're not winning a game. Their their highest win percentage is against uh, the Raiders, and it's thirty two point eight percent. So they're less than a third, like 33% chance. If they played that game three times, they'd lose more than twice, technically. Like odds are not in their favor. The rest of their the less of their opponent rest of their opponents are 33 and 24. So they have a winning record to play against. And 
Oh, dude, I don't know. The only close games they've had legitimately are against the Bills. Yeah. And if you want to say something bad or good about the Jets, they did not give up a touchdown this past week. Uh, they gave up six field goals? <laughs> yeah, they uh, gave up six field goals. And had a lead going into halftime. That's huge. You, don't, you can't really ask for more than that from the Jets. You can't. They didn't score a point in the second half, if I remember correctly. Uh, they did not, but we're not going to talk about that. They're, they're, trying, they're tanking. Team. They're tanking for the draft. All right, so we'll go on into the next topic. So, Trevor, you alluded to it earlier, but am I dreaming or are the Bucks not as good as many of the power rankings or projections currently make them out to be? I think you're dreaming. I think they're a good team. I think they're debatably top – I don't want to say best team in the NFC, but I think they're a, a strong contender for the best team in the NFC. Especially these last two weeks, they put a beating onto the Packers two weeks ago, which was probably one of the best looking teams in the NFC and just made them look like the Jets, honestly. Um, they dropped the only two losses they had is week one against the Saints, where Tom Brady did not look great. And then they dropped three weeks ago one point to the Bears. I think their offense looks good. They have a, a you know above average defense. Uh, they have the biggest point differential in the NFL right now. Their schedule is – they've played decently good teams. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like they're a good squad. Yeah, I would they are, the top tier of teams in the NFC. I, I think they are top in the top tier. I'm just trying to call into question the sabermetrics slash power ranking process. Um, that goes into a lot of these, um, you know, big like media sources. Cause I feel like they're just trying to jump on the hype train now that things are starting to turn around. Um, cause I mean, if we're talking about good teams, they're not like, cause we, we even talked about it earlier. There is no clear best team right now. And so I feel like it's a little bit of a prisoner of the moment situation that a lot of people are just saying, Oh yeah, they've looked very good. These last two weeks, they are absolutely Super Bowl favorites at this point because I saw outside of um, the Kansas City Chiefs, they the Tampa Bay Bucks have been slotted by some type of computer analytic system to have a 36% chance of making it to the Super Bowl. Which I mean, this is a tough East uh, or the tough uh, NFC right now. I feel like those top teams, I don't think they're a shoe in as much as you might think or as well, much as. Yeah those power rankings might want you to think i think i think though that they have a very good chance of getting the the buy the nfc they have a gauntlet of saints panthers rams and chiefs which they'll probably at best go three and one there at best i don't think they win all four of those games more probably more likely two and two but other than that, they finish off the years, the year Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons. So they're going to finish the year 4-0. Yeah. And the <laughs> other game I didn't mention there is the Giants. So I think at most they lose two more games this year. So and I do think in terms of getting that by, they probably have a little bit better odds than a lot of the top teams mm-hmm. um, in the NFC right now. 
just because that NFC West division with the Seahawks, Cardinals, yeah. Rams, and 49ers are they're all very good. And so they're there's probably gonna be a couple of weeks where they lose to each other um and kind of dilute the Seahawks streak and you know, kind of whatever steam the Cardinals and Rams can come up off of right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think we're gonna get a number one seed out of the NFC West, even though that's I think by far the best division in football. Yeah. Like every single team play each other twice. Yeah. Every single team has a a positive uh, point differential, which I don't think no other team has three and they have four. And literally the, I I said it earlier, but the the Seahawks first place, they have the lowest point differential out of any team. So it's going to be a gauntlet in the NFC West, especially at the end of the year. And I think the only other team that's going to be flirting, flirting with that number one seed is going to be the Packers. But uh, I can see it now, though. One of those teams of the NFC West is going to get absolutely screwed out of a playoff spot because the NFC East needs to have a team in there. Yeah. Well, they're all whoever wins the NFC East is going to screw someone out of a spot. Because I don't think think, at this point the Bears are going to be able to sneak in just because they're looking. No, yeah. So it's going to be between the New Orleans Saints, then, you know, that last team in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. To try to well, and here's fight the thing, though. Spot. We have seven teams going to the playoffs this year. Not to, I don't want you guys to forget that. So Whoa. if you say we have one, only one from the NFC East, and we're saying that the Bears should not squeeze into the playoffs, that pretty much leaves the Bucks, probably the Saints, and then, three and then teams two, yeah, West. three three teams out of the NFC West. I can see that. I think that's more likely than the Bears getting As one. long as they just don't shoot each other in the foot. Um, I think the Bears will do enough shooting to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. But, yeah, that, that Lee is an NFC, NFC powerhouse to come into the uh, the playoffs. As long as the like they don't have a ruling that there can be only one wild card per division, which would be kind of dumb. But I don't, I don't think I don't that would make so. any sense. Mm-hmm. No. Speaking of scary teams and the NFC West, I'm going to go on into the next uh, next topic. Am I dreaming, or are the 49ers starting to look scary now that people are coming off injuries? I'm not afraid of the 49ers personally, as a Seahawks fan. Dude, I don't they know. They just made the Patriots look like dog food. Well, I, and they came off a good Patriots are dub against the Rams game, too. No, I know. Yeah, that's a very the Rams, the Rams win is more impressive than the Patriots win. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. it's also a division rival too. Like they'll play each other close no matter what. But this you is a team that was super, struggling. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I understand that. Yeah, but you have to also look at the fact their wins have not been against great teams besides maybe these their first two wins I should say against the Jets and the Giants. I mean, you still got to win those games. And then I know they were hurt, but then they lost to the Eagles and then got pounded by the Dolphins. I know they're missing people. They're slowly starting to trickle guys back from the injury. Yeah. And so I'm I'm thinking once this team is getting back close to full strength, this team could be flirting with the scary little playoff run like they had last year. But now they're also down to only uh, McKinnon in the backfield. Mostert's on IR. And I know Wilson just went on IR after this past week, too. Yeah, and Kittle's had some injury concerns. Yeah. The defensive side, they've had a bunch of starters go down. Yep. 
But I don't know. I'm, I'm just Bosa or Joey Bosa. If they Nick can piece Joey. together a couple more games before they have the majority of their starters from the beginning of the season back, I think they could be a very, very scary team to make a good um, run here in the playoffs. I think they get fourth in the NFC West. I think they do too, man. It's coming up. You want to hear who they have their next five games are against? Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills. All at least only have two losses at like minimum. So like that's that's an absolute gauntlet. And then they have Washington Cowboys, which should be free wins, and then Cardinals Seahawks to end the year. I think at best, at best, I think they have four losses. Four more losses, I should say. So it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be very hard. Maybe maybe three. I think at best they only have three losses. So at best they finish 10-6, and six, and that's like everything goes right for them. I, I feel like it's going to be hard to make a playoff spot, especially out of the NFC West. All right, then let's do another feature on the NFC West. Let's do Am I Dreaming or uh, – where'd it go? Can the Rams be a Super Bowl threat? I think they can, and solely based on having a defense to complement their offense. And their offense, in my opinion, isn't anything special. But they're a good team with a respectable offense that has had really good defensive performances this year. Um, With that said, I think when you're talking about Super Bowl teams and in the playoffs, you need a balance. Like you can't just rely on your offense because it's you know there might be days it's not there, and if it's not there and you don't have a defense to help you out, you're gone. Yeah. So I feel like L.A. to the Super Bowl is a very safe bet in my opinion for the NFL, and I I've, I think I said that um, this week even like if, if there's a favorite out of the NFC for the playoff or for the Super Bowl, it's probably either the Rams or the Bucks. And I can't help but every time I watch that team, I just feel like they're a good running back away from being way too scary for everyone to handle. Yeah, I agree. Which is tragic because they did get rid of Gurley and were struggling to implement him after he came back from his injury and all those Mm -hmm. sorts of issues they had. But, man, I feel like they would love to have Gurley right now. (laughs) I agree. Uh, It's not like Gurley's looking anything special in Atlanta, though. No, but he does open up a lot more – in terms of the receivers for Jared Goff, just because right now it's very pass-centric offense. Mm. And so the defenses are, you know, running schemes that are kind of catered a little bit more towards that because, you know, you have Daryl Henderson and Josh Kelly, Cam Akers or whatnot. Or wait, not not, not Josh, Josh Kelly. Kelly. Yep, yep. Um, same color team, same uh, state. So Same city. <laughs> same city, if you'll forget. Um but, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if they had a decent um, receiving back out of their backfield right now, that would just be opening up a lot more down the field um, possibilities for this Rams offense because they have a phenomenal receiving core. Mm-hmm. Every given night, you never know if it's going to be Josh Reynolds or um, – wait, is it Brandon Reynolds or Josh oh, You had it right, Josh okay. Reynolds. Or Cooper Cup or, you know – Higby was healthy, Robbie Woods, of course. Gerald like, Everett gets some looks in there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they they do have a lot of threats down the field, and it would help to have just that. 
I feel like what they would need is and when they use Gurley, they use a lot of um, outside um, outside the tackle runs for him. It's really spread out the defense, and like I don't know, Gurley in open space was very very fun to watch. I think especially talking about Atlanta now, they have more running between the tackles, and he doesn't really get to play make and all that jazz, which which why he was such a a threat in the Super Bowl season for the Rams. But yeah, they're definitely missing that for sure. All right, so going on into the next topic. Am I dreaming or should Fitzpatrick still have a starting job right now? I think you're I think you're not dreaming on that one. I mean, if you look at the Dolphins right now, they're not a bad team. Like maybe no. they've they've played some bad teams. I don't know what their schedule is. I know they're the only single team right now in the AFC East that has a positive point differential. And it's like plus 47 or something like that, too. Like You're even really the big Bills into the don't. points differential today, Trevor. Dude, I, I love, love point differential. differential. <laughs> I love it. I love point differential. Now, their wins haven't been against super great teams. But their losses have also been against some pretty solid teams in the Patriots, yeah, Bills, and, and close. Seahawks. Yeah. And like, I think you know, a, a, the majority of that was off the back of Fitzmagic for sure and just yeah. some of his heroics. I mean, I don't know. Like, Miles Gaskin has been a pretty good development for that team, mm-hmm. obviously. Yes. And, you know, they draft Tua with the intent of, you know, getting him into the league and, you know, having him be their next franchise quarterback. But at the same time, if it ain't broke, why are you trying to fix it? I, I agree with that. And, like, if you're looking at QBR this season, Fitzpatrick is number five. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. They've played some close games. And, and and I don't know if you heard Fitzpatrick talk about this. but like, Oh, it was so sad. It was sad. It was so sad. He was talking about how he's been benched before and all this and that. But, like, this one just, like, hurt his heart. Which yeah, like he, he finally he's finally on a team that's that's you know competitive, has a chance to go for the division, has a playoff, a serious playoff chance, and to get benched for someone that you know barely saw the field. And I don't know. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't think you're crazy for saying that. Because I mean, even kind of coming into the season, obviously you know, we didn't know what we were going to be getting out of Fitzpatrick. He's towards the end of his career in terms of age. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's not one of the premier quarterbacks in this league by any stretch, but, you know, since he has been overachieving, I thought it was kind of going to end up being, okay, you know, a situation where Tua kind of sits behind Fitzpatrick, the veteran for the season, and then kind of comes out next year and it's his team uh, similar to the whole Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith um, situation couple of years ago not that there's anything bad with going with uh Tua right now it's just seems a little puzzling to me and that that news kind of came out of nowhere especially when their first game off the bye and Tua's first starts is going to be against a pretty stout Rams defense as we've talked about and that could not be good for uh his mojo going forward if he, they just get steamrolled but I mean we don't know what we're going to see out of Tua obviously and so I don't know but I do think that whole 
um, speech that Fitzpatrick was making about, you know, how he thought it was his team and, you know, the guys in the locker room were rallying behind him and whatnot. I'm wondering what the players in that locker room are kind of thinking right now, if they're all on board, you know, support their guy to going forward, or if they're pretty upset with the, with how Miami dealt with this situation and kind of, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting to me to think about, and we'll see how they kind of come out and react here come on Sunday. Yeah, that's a good point because I've heard that like Fitzpatrick is just a great guy in the locker room, a great personality. You know, everyone loves him. So I feel like, I don't know, man. I just don't understand it. Maybe we, you know, we're not at practices. We don't know what two is capable of now after his injury. He was obviously great in college when he was playing. Uh, but maybe that's just something we don't see. But we'll, you know, get a chance to see that on Sunday, like you said. So, I don't know. All right. Going into the next topic, can the Th- Falcons think of another way to blow a lead? Oh, for sure. Uh, they'll they'll find one. I'm not it seems like <laughs> it seems to be like they are getting extra creative each week on new ways to lose games, and I don't know how many more possibilities there are out there. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I mean, they just do stuff you never <laughs> think of. That's why they've blown like three ninety nine percent chances of winning games. It's just it's just stuff that people like no one's ever thought of before. No one's ever done it. They're innovators in their craft. <laughs> All right, like, short little segment. Yeah, no, but like, oh, it's bad. I'm trying to think bad. like the most ridiculous way to lose a game. I don't know. Letting the Cowboys have an onside kick at the very end of the game, like free uh, for free, that was pretty sweet. There could be a situation going back, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago where Phillip Rivers was playing the Chiefs and they were winning. And all he had to do was kneel the ball, victory formation, fumbles, uh, fumbles the ball on the kneel, defense recovers, other opposing team marches down the field and wins the game. I would love to see that happen with the Falcons. That just feels like it's destiny. I like it. I feel like this next time we're going to get creative. They're not going to blow a lead, but they're going to blow a for sure win. (laughs) As in, they're going to be down. They're going to make an amazing stop. Uh, Some sort of play, pick, fumble, whatever, on their their, uh, side of the field. March down, get to like the five-yard line. They're only down one. Chip shot field goal. (laughs) <laughs> fumbled snap kick gets blocked doink off the crossbar like something that is just so for sure that is just not going to work it's going to be something like that they're going to get creative with it everyone's going to expect them to blow the lead but they're going to be like we're going to blow something way worse <laughs> so, i don't know all right going into the next topic am i dreaming or could kyler murray sneak into an mvp nod because I will say these last two MVPs, not that, you know, the history dictates the future, but second-year quarterbacks have tended to do very well these last two years with Patrick Mahomes and then last year with uh, Lamar Jackson. And so right now, I mean, I feel like this Arizona team is one of the biggest wild cards for me, at least. Like, I feel like they look very, very good some weeks, and especially of late. But they've also had some pretty bad flashes in the past as well. Um, but if they're able to continue kind of their momentum, 
continue to gain steam and if they end up winning that division, I don't think it'd be within the realm of possibility to say Kyler Murray um, will end up with MVP. I I don't think I don't think he's really that high up on the list right now. But I mean there's a lot of time left in the season. And sure if he has a really great rest of the year it's possible, but I'm not too big on Kyler Murray MVP as of right now. He throws a lot of picks. That's he turns the ball over a lot, which has been his trouble. But especially this past week, he looked very solid. Basically overthrowing the front runner for the MVP, which I think people kind of had a. I don't think that loss makes him not the front runner. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying it helps uh, Kyler's stock a little bit when you're talking about that, though. Also, I'm looking at like Kyler Murray's like rankings in each category. It doesn't take into account like rushing yards because I know he's a big running quarterback, but like. He's not high ranked really in any stat as far as quarterbacks go. We're, we're going to talk about that. I also want to bring up uh, last year's MVP in Lamar Jackson because I know like I've never been huge on the Lamar Jackson train. Like I know like some people will call them the best QB in the league and all this stuff. I know I'm going to go on a tangent here, but I've never been on that train to even say he was like top three in the league. And, like, going with the whole stat situation, Lamar Jackson has, like, the lowest amount of passing yards for any QB that's not been injured or, like, benched. He's ranked 27th. He's 26th on completion percentage. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I know he's good on his feet, but when you're talking about quarterback, I, I don't know. I, I know this is a little – little off topic but I, I feel like it needs to be said i needed to say it do you Mark have Jackson a stat, is not qb i said it do you have a stat pulled up right now of what uh lamar jackson's personal point differential is what does that even mean <laughs> it's just a point differential personal point differential i don't know you've just been big on the point it's like, it's like in basketball kind of... <laughs> wherever it's like that player's point differential when they're on the court yeah uh so like unless <laughs> he throws really a make sense for unless football. he throws a, unless he throws a pick six it's all just gonna be positive for him yep but also the back to lamar jackson like the ravens went like what like four like 13 and three or 14 and two last year in the regular mm-hmm. season like, I don't think the Cardinals are going to end up with a record like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of, like, MVP talks is about how well the team does. And so, like, that was a big plus for Lamar Jackson. And I don't think the Cardinals, just because of how tough that division is, are going to end up with so a record as, that impressive. As of yesterday, the Vegas odds for um, NFL MVP are as follows. Russell Wilson, number one, followed by Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, then Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah, it's probably right. It sounds pretty on the money. I'm just saying, he could sneak in there. That was my whole thesis. <laughs> and he is currently number fifth. So, number fifth. Looks like Vegas number fifth. No, chill, chill. Number five. I think Patrick Mahomes, like, he might not win MVP this year just because of the fact that he doesn't have to. Yeah, like no, he doesn't absolutely. have to do anything insane to win games. Like yep. he just has to kind of do his thing and not mess up. 
and like they're gonna win (laughs) that definitely has been like a good narrative for me as a Chiefs fan this year because there's a lot of weeks where Patrick Mahomes isn't putting up crazy stats but the thing is like I've told Trevor a couple times he really hasn't needed to like put the team on his back at this point I think in a close playoff game like Patrick Mahomes will come back out like he was last year and just do something insane in the playoffs and I, I kind of have a point to add to this. Hear me out. I want you guys to name the top five quarterbacks in terms of passing yards this season. Total passing yards. Can you name all five? I guarantee you can't for one, unless you're looking at it. No, I don't have anything pulled up. I think Tannehill might be up there. Can we that get was... confirmation on whether or not they're in the top five? Sure. Tannehill's yeah. not on there. Okay, so Russell Wilson. Wilson, yeah. So, nope. Nope. No Wilson. No Wilson. Uh, what about ooh, Fitz? Mm, well, okay. Is it total yards or yards per game? Because total yards factor in total yards. Yeah, okay, I know well, some, some teams, teams have, have had a buy, so that's I kind know. of a bad stat. Sure, Seahawks have a buy. That's a bad yeah. stat. Hey, is it a bad stat? I don't care. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. So I'll go with Josh Allen then. Josh Allen is there. He's fourth. Um, I'm trying to look at teams that just haven't had a buy because I think this is a loaded stat right now that you're asking. Fine. Let's go. Let's see. Um, No, no, it's fine. Uh, We'll get it. It's, it's really not that, that Aaron Rodgers. No, but he also had a buy. Tom Brady. No. (laughs) And he did not have a buy. Jared Goff. What just came out of your mouth? Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Matt just Ryan, Matt Ryan is numero uno. Love that. There we go. Jared Goff, throw up. Jesus. Yards per game is a little bit different. It's Russ in there. Technically, Russ is number two, followed by or preceded by Dak Prescott, which went 371.2 to 315. Wow. 371.2. That's crazy. RIP Dak's ankle. I don't think we we talked about that, but what man. about what about Deshaun Jackson? They're behind in a lot of games. Yes, Deshaun Jackson is up there. He was number. Now I was looking at yards per game, so you got me all screwed up. But he was number two. Well, going back to the uh, yards per game one, I would say Joe Burrow for that same argument. Joe Burrow is number three on yard total yards. But that's okay. all I've got. I don't yeah. have any and then juice. Fifth, fifth is Teddy Bridgewater, which is kind of that is surprising. Wild card. But the yeah. point point here to mention is like there's only one guy in the top five, and yes, there's been a buy, whatever, that has a winning record. So when you're talking about teams, like good teams, like Patrick Mahomes not having to do anything, I think that's kind of an overarching theme for a lot of these good teams. You uh, know why that, that is? And the, the bye weeks, but yeah. Yeah, that bye week. The bye weeks <laughs> help too, especially with Russ. Russ is doing everything for the Seahawks. But also – It kind of goes against the norm. But I mean, if you look at a typical game script, though, if these good teams are up early, they don't continue passing the majority of the game after that. So, I mean, I think you kind of also have to take that with a grain of salt for what have you. I feel like when you're trying to evaluate good quarterbacks, looking at their, like, touchdown to turnover ratio or, like – the elusive QBR and some of those other things might be a better metric than just total yards. I said it. I agree. 
All right. So keeping on the brand of uh, quarterbacks right now, going on to rookie quarterbacks. Am I dreaming? Or is there a world where Justin Herbert will have a better career than Joe Burrow? And the major point behind this argument is the franchise they're with and if they are set up for success around them. Because we've seen talented quarterbacks not succeed in the NFL due to being in bad circumstances. And I'm not saying, I mean, it's very early in both their careers, obviously. But Justin Herbert's been looking very good. And it definitely helps that he has, you know, a more competent franchise around him and more weapons. But at the same time. I agree with I, I think that he can. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the organization as a whole, but just as like a player profile, I I think he can. I mean, he is like sharp. Talk about welcome to the NFL. His first career game he had to play against the Chiefs. If it wasn't for a late pick, I mean he would have he would have won him that game. You shouldn't have said it. I don't like thinking back to that. Yeah. But like he made a mental error. Like really the only error he made all game at the end of the game. They would have had the Chiefs. And, I mean, he's been very solid. They should also have another win under their belt, uh, That the whole hook and ladder situation. Oh, with yeah. The, uh, what game was that? I can't even remember. No, I can't remember. But they had a walk-in touchdown. It was, it, oh, if only um, Eckler could have pitched to Keenan. No, Keenan Allen caught it. He pitched it bad. But, yeah, that was a tough one, too. Um, but, man, yeah, he's looked sharp. For sure. Throws the ball a lot. That's a lot of passing yards, averaging over 300 a game. Um, also talk about welcome to the league. Who would have – I bet there's no way in H-E double hockey stick that he would have thought his welcome to the league moment would be due to the fact that the starting quarterback's <laughs> lung was punctured by the doctor. <laughs> that is just wild. That is tough. That is, that is very tough. Bad day to be Terod Taylor. I also want to point out that as starter, Justin Herbert, they have not lost by more than seven points. And all of their losses have been against Chiefs, Panthers, Bucks, Saints. Good talk teams. About point, talk about point differential. For a team that's two and four, their point differential is negative five. Yeah, point difference. It's it's the Charger way to lose by one possession though. So I shouldn't put this all at Justin Herbert. The Chargers just they just lose by one possession because that's what they do. It's always what they do. They had two overtime losses too, Saints and Chiefs. They just lose by what they find a way to lose by one possession. And if you're talking about uh, QBR, we are now Justin Herbert. (laughs) We are now. Justin Herbert's worst QBR in those games by a lot was against the uh, Panthers in those losses, which was by far the worst team, in my opinion. So, I don't know. Maybe he rises to big occasions. All right, going into the next topic. So, this one's kind of a double whammy, so take it how you will. No Am I dreaming? No whammies, no big bucks, big bucks. Am I dreaming, or is this the end of the Patriots dynasty? Slash, is Cam Newton actually benched? <laughs> that was a solid. Start. I want to. I want to say. Got, I really want to say yes. 
because as a man who has disliked the Patriots for many years, I would love to say that they're done for. Something is in the back of my head saying that I just can't do that. Patriots have never not been good since we've been alive. I know. Isn't that wild to think of? Well, like, I right think now. I think right when we were born. Okay. Were well, of... I mean, like since we've been watching <laughs> but football. Yeah. Yes. I like agree. I, I'm not willing to say it yet. I don't want to be the guy that says it and is wrong because it's been said so many times. The last few years. I don't know. But, I mean, I I do think the writing's been a little bit on the wall just with how. Much of say a, that for 10 years. No, no, I've hear me out. But this is the first year without Tom Brady. I know. Right? And so kind of along those same lines, Tom Brady was always kind of put in situations where he didn't have a ton of weapons around him, albeit after like Wes Welker, Aaron Hernandez, and some of those teams. But he's the towards gone the end it. of his stint with actually gone forever. Um, but after you know that whole stint, he never really had a lot of good weapons around him on the offensive side. They haven't had a stable running back um, for them. And, you know, they've been kind of carried this past couple seasons on the shoulders of Tom Brady and their defense. And now they don't have an elite quarterback. And, you know, I think we're kind of seeing that, you know, defenses alone aren't enough to win a bunch of games. Yeah. I don't know. Their quarterback situation is not looking great. Cam isn't the answer, at least over the air. It's not the, really the answer. Uh, there is a clear answer at quarterback, though, for the New England Patriots. His passer rating <laughs> is 47 points higher than really? Cam Newton. I really hope it's Julian Edelman on like one flea flicker it's, play this year. It's almost that differential, that 47 differential is more than Jarrett Stidham. And that man is just Julian Edelman. Oh, baby. He's I... two for two for 38 yards. Oh, he has man. 118.8 okay. passer rating to Cam Newton, 71.7. I'm just saying. So this reminds me of something. The only reason I guess Julian Edelman here is because not too long ago, we were looking up um, some wild stats just in general. Tags, do you know what Muhammad Sanu, the receiver, what his passer – or, yeah, what his passer rating is? We talked about it last weekend. Oh, you were there for that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the number was. It was like 158. 158.3. He is seven touchdowns. 233 yards and four touchdowns. So you're saying is Patriots look to make a trade for Mohamed Sanu. That's absolutely what we're saying. Sanu's not even playing anymore. I have no idea. I haven't heard his name. I have not heard his name either. (laughs) He's a free agent probably. Man, Uh, yeah. It says he's with the – no, maybe I'm I'm tripping. Tripping. I don't know. I that's a tough QB situation. No, he, he's with the 49ers right now. He has one and reception then, for nine yards this season. Really? Is he, is hurt? he hurt? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Actually, I did know he was with the Niners. At least he was last year. You just said is he retired? Well, yeah, I knew he was last year. He was with the Niners last year. I just didn't hear his name. He might be he might have just flooded into the uh 49ers death chain that they got going down there. <laughs> All right, 
So that's the end of my, am I dreaming or, but I would like to also talk about this whole Cowboys fiasco, right? So if you are Jerry Jones and you're looking around the league, looking for a quarterback, because, you know, your, your, your guy is not this third string, Mr. Gucci, whatever his name is. Why not go after and target Ryan Tannehill? Nope. I have or, a better guy. I have a better guy, and I don't want you okay, to say it. Yep, I, want to no, say I was about it. to say it. You I'm going to build it. it up. I'm going to build it up. <laughs> if you look at Dak Prescott, right, and you look what he was about, that team, I know they have Zeke, right, but D- Dak Prescott, at least how they were playing it this season, was just air raid. The man was almost throwing 400 yards per game. I got, I got you want a QB. I know what you're saying. <laughs> you I, want I a quarterback. <laughs> you want a quarterback that throws the ball and gets yardage and not really care about turnovers that much because that's kind of what Dak was. And you want a guy that can make stuff happen with his feet occasionally. And you want a guy that really. led the league in passing yards last year. You got to go after Jameis Winston in Nolans. I mean, what other option do you have? That is the best option. The man got LASIK surgery this past offseason. He couldn't see. see. He couldn't see now. He literally could not see. And he threw for the most passing yards in the NFL last year. And you want to tell me that that's not an attractable man to your offense? I can almost guarantee. Well, and – I know that's who they want. That's who they want. Who wouldn't want them, right? That's who Jerry wants. The thing is, is you have a chance to basically just say, screw it. Play some bad guys. See who you're going to work up into the, uh, like the main spots in the roster. Take a high draft pick. And then next year is the year to go for it. Or you could be like, oh, our division sucks. Like, we are literally one game out of a playoff spot, and we're one in five, and let's just try to go for the playoffs and keep that going. We'll have Dak back next year. It'll be a new season this year. I don't know if they want to kind of not necessarily tank, but at least not really try to improve what they have or just wait. Go for it, Dude, it and then have tough. Dak fixes it. Yeah, and that division, you can try to tank and end up in a playoff spot <laughs> on accident. Like, you're gonna you're gonna come into the end of the year with the three to four games you have at the end of your psych- schedule in division, and they're just gonna all be trying to tank for the for the uh, highest draft pick next season. I accidentally, and you're gonna get out tanked. But... You're gonna get out tanked by uh, by the red or the Washington football team. Or the no, I think I think the Washington football team wins that division. That's my pick. Dude, I don't know, man. They do have probably the best defense out of the four. Mm-hmm. I really hope the Eagles. They don't beat make the Eagles it. and the Cowboys. I really hope the Eagles don't make it, man. Yeah, I am big Cowboys. on the Carson Wentz's really bad train, which he is. He's not a good quarterback by any means, but I feel like the world hasn't come to that consensus yet. I mean, if we look at the point differential, Trevor. <laughs> They're bad. They're the all football so team bad. has the best point differential. But it's not good. By one. By, By one. one. I'm just saying. It's not good, man. I'm just saying. Which, They're it's, leading it's, in the most important set. That is true. <laughs> that is very, very true. So and What's my... crazy also is there's been three games that the Eagles have not had 
a negative point differential in said games. <laughs> they're two wins and a tie, and they're still minus 33 out of their four losses. I don't know. It's kind of wild. All right, go ahead, Dave. What are you, you going to dabble about? Yeah, so I'd like to do a little embrace debate type of situation here slash controversy brewing now that we have mentioned Jameis Winston's name. So you know how we've talked about on the podcast before how some kickers will fake some injuries after a bad miss to make it seem like their situation was a little bit more under control. Oh, you got it. They had. Take them. That's how you save your job. You got to do that sometimes. <laughs> so by having so many interceptions over the last season, he probably took a uh, play out of the kicker's playbook. You think he actually could see the whole time? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's this man would actually throw it to the other team. And he probably thought it was his team. You kind of get those shades of like, or so he wants you to think. You know, if they're playing, they're playing the Redskins back then. I mean, I mean, the jerseys probably look pretty similar in the color schemes. You'd be like, oh wait, we're actually wearing white, not red this week. I mean, you you just never know. He couldn't see. This all kind of went together, unless he could see. Maybe he also, to be a I have breaking somewhere. news. Breaking news: the like, Bucks did not play Washington last season, so that that argument is um, that's tough. Thrown out. That's tough. Arizona, Cardinals. Play yeah, Cardinal, yeah, Cardinals are Niners, a red team. Maybe the colors just kind of went together. Dude, what was that game last year? Oh, I don't know if I could would be able to find it, but I know there was a game last year that the Bucks played. Um. And it literally went into overtime. First play of overtime. Yeah. Against Seattle, I'm pretty sure. First play of overtime, James Winston just threw a pick six. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was good stuff. Oh, man. That was great stuff. I'm also looking at a game from last season in which the Bucks played the Saints. James had two touchdowns. Any guesses on number of interceptions? Six. <laughs> four. Not a not a bad guess, but it was four. Easy. He probably had a couple fumbles that game too. We'll never know. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was the that wasn't the uh the pick six play against the Seahawks. In the whatever. Gosh, I want to find this now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, look. It could have been the last to. last week of the game or uh, that last week of the right. season. That sounds very against the, right. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. That sounds super right. For he some threw reason. another two picks that game, and it went into overtime. That was their only other overtime game. I'm just saying. Um, I for some reason that sounds very correct because I I almost remember him being or like being like that's a great way to end the season there. <laughs> he was also sacked six times that game. That's up, dude. You just give him an O line. Yeah, well, well, I the, the, cow, the, cow the Cowboys do not really have, have that. <laughs> uh, but it's tough. Oh, that is super tough. Well, I want. I want to see the game score for this. Yep. Well, yep. It was against the Falcons. First play of overtime. Seven seconds, and all it all it took, <laughs> which was crazy. 
because the Falcons hit a uh, a game tying field goal uh, at the end, very end of the game, to go to overtime, and it literally took seven seconds. It's tough. Famous Jameis, baby. Famous Jameis. Also, the Bucks scored all their points in the second quarter. Twenty-two points in the <laughs> second quarter. Maybe it's just a second quarter guy. You never know. From one controversy to another, is DK Metcalf human? Dude, I don't know, man. That chase down on Buda Baker. That was really cool. Love to see <laughs> that. that was really cool. Dude, also, he made like Buda Baker look like a mouse. I mean, I it, it looked like he had 150 pounds on him and just chugging down the field. It's crazy. Dude, what's crazy is it's like um, if you look up Buda Baker's 40-yard dash, which I don't know. what it is. Yeah, 4.45 in the NFL combine. And DK ran him down like he was a fat boy with donuts. <laughs> it's crazy. You did not have to do him like that, Trev. Dude, I'm just saying it looked like that. I mean, he had a 10-yard lead and momentum. Like, DK basically saw it happen from standing still on the goal line. Budabaker had momentum going already, and he just gets chased down. It's very funny to watch that video because you just see Russ is running. He's like, gosh, dang it. Like, he's gone. He's five yards ahead of me. And next thing you know, right out of his right corner of his eye, Rush just sees DK just chugging, absolutely turf burning to get to Buda Baker. It's very cool. Also, I'm surprised he didn't, like, break something on that tackle or something. Like OBJ. (laughs) OBJ (laughs) That's a good segue to OBJ trying to make the most obscene tackle ever in tearing his ACL. Wild. Two two totally different – views i i can't believe i just now put that together we had two two uh two wide receivers trying to make some defensive plays one of them might have the play of the year the other tore his acl just out of i don't even know how he just like jumped and it was like tore wild all right so are there any sleeper teams you guys are kind of looking at right now that might be you know, more on the fringe of making the playoffs. Yeah, mine that you is could kind of sneak in outside yeah, of that whole the, NFC East. Mine's the Falcons. Okay, <laughs> I still believe, man. This is gonna be a nine. Oh, this is no. gonna be a ten and six year. Watch it. Ten and six. Ten and six. Dude, I mean, they, yeah. For they only have. I know you guys are gonna hate me, make fun of me. Their and point differential is not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> it's minus twenty three, which. Is it one terrible? Six team, though. Yeah, exactly. That's, I that's think that just really speaks good. volumes as to how they are able to lose so many games. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it doesn't bode well for them winning ten or uh, nine straight. I it just it. I I mean, it means eyes. they're losing close games. Honestly, if they don't blow a game this year, they've had three bad blows of games this year. They're four and three. Exactly, almost four and four. Like I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An argument yeah. can be made that I was pretty much right, right? If you if you say that the they're four and three this year, 
wow, dude, they've had bad <laughs> losses. You could say in four other games this year, they had it like at the beginning of the year. You tell the Falcons in four of your first Ooh, that's a tough seven game. games, you're gonna have a 99 percent chance to win. Even if they're four and three, <laughs> I don't think they make the playoffs, man. Their their end of the schedule is tough. You have Saints, Raiders, Saints, Chargers, who are on the come up with Justin Herbert, and then Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks. That's not a fun way to end your last seven games of the season. So, do they make the playoffs even if they didn't blow any games? I don't think so, man. Transitioning from four and four Falcons into our most popular segment requested by fans heard around the world. Wild takes. Let's hear them. <laughs> Just wild takes. What about our uh, – what do we What do we do last time? Oh, we did the – Absolutely heinous takes. <laughs> that was a special segment. Sure. Okay, I don't have one yet. Usually, I, I just looked at one. Oh, I have – okay, never mind. I'm just talking to myself right now. But I did have the uh, Steelers last undefeated was just out of the air, and I was correct. Sometimes you just got to trust your instincts. Should have taken it to Vegas. I should have. Also, the uh, Chiefs should be should have started the season 2-2. Two and two. I want to say that. Some might say. Some might say. So I was technically right about that one. <laughs> I don't know how you can say they should have started two and two. The Chargers, I'll give that to you. That was a close game. Yeah, then that would have been two the, and two. That would have they been... started three and one, and their loss was not against not the Chargers. No, you're wrong. They started four and zero. Texans, Chargers, Ravens, Patriots. Then they lost to the Raiders week five. Ah, uh, yeah, ain't no problem. Five and one, <laughs> four and one, same problem. thing. Four and <laughs> three. Whatever. Ford for one they lose against the Chargers, they would have lost again. It's fine. I get it. I get it. Sure. Uh, dude, I don't know a hot take at the moment. Oh, I got one. I found one. <laughs> Here it is. Man, it's kind of it's kind of scary to say. I don't want to jinx it either. That's the problem. Oh. This is doable. The Detroit Lions are a playoff football team. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That's not a terrible take. No, no. I want to defend Trevor on this one. This is a lot better take than the Falcons going four and four. I was kidding. Maybe there's a little bit of bias here. But when I was looking at these hot takes, I'm, I'm just like looking on the outside and I'm like, Man, could the Detroit Lions actually sneak in there? I feel like I see a world in which they do. No way. I do. I no do. way. Matt Stafford right. can they, have a Matt Stafford type of season where he just goes on a little tear for here in a couple of weeks. In their last 10 games. Very doable. They play the Vikings twice. Nice. They play Washington. Sweet. And they play Houston. Absolutely. Worst case scenario, they go three and one. I oh, think. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> Worst case scenario is definitely not three and one out of those games. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Well, let's say I can, a see, reasonable... I can see a world where they go one and three. <laughs> I think a reasonable. Uh, That's reasonable... not worst case scenario. Is like one. All right, all right. I will see this. Best case scenario, three one. Hear me out. Hear me out. They lost okay. to the Bears week one, which it wasn't. If it wasn't for a drop 
an easy drop in the end zone. True. They would have won. It's also the Bears. Like that's not like so they could be just as easily four team. and two right now. They could be yeah, a four and two. I still say the same team. thing. They only lost to the Saints by six, and their only big loss was the Packers week two. They beat the Cards. I don't. Try who has shown to be a very good team. Sure, they only beat the Falcons by one. That's the Falcons. They do Falcons things. They play the Colts next week, which is a beatable team. Good team, but beatable. Then you got Vikings, Washington. They could easily be six and three in three weeks. Maybe not easily. <laughs> and they have say, Panthers, easily. Texans. Easily. And then they have Panthers, Texans. Dude, they could win. A, they're dropping a game to the Vikings. There's no they doubt. could easily. Easily. Sorry. Reasonably. Easily. They could reasonably be eight and three. Reasonably. Worst case scenario, 13 and three at the end of the year. Worst case scenario. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that they win the next five games. And they're eight and three. And then they have Bears, Packers, Titans, Bucks, Vikings, which is that Bears, Packers, Titans, Bucks is a little tough. I don't I, – because they're going to lose at least three of those games. It's really do they beat the Bears or get lucky with any other teams. I mean, worst-case scenario, they go 9-7 and seven this year, which is, <laughs> I think, probably good enough to buy the not the worst-case scenario. That's the worst-case scenario, they go 9-7. and seven. You, hear, you heard it here first, man, 9-7, and seven, which is probably going to be good enough to at least flirt with the playoff position. But you're saying year. they're they're more than likely going to be better than nine and seven because worst case scenario is nine and seven. Hey, yeah, it could be the worst case scenario though. It could That's go how this works. Three. <laughs> it could go thirteen and three. Nine yeah. and seven is so yeah. They could go the thirteen game. and three. You're best saying case... they're saying there's no way they go eight and eight this year. I'm going to say best <laughs> case scenario ten and six. Worst case scenario nine and there's, seven. You're saying there's no way they go eight and eight or worse. That's what you're. That's what you're saying with that statement. There's no way they go eight and eight. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Don't put twenty bucks on it. They they're worse than nine and seven at the end of the year. Not necessarily. <laughs> but it's the worst case scenario. <laughs> how could how could they do any hey, worse than the worst? Yeah, case I, I, I I'm retired. I'm a retired sports better man. I can't I can't get into that stuff right now. From one hot take to another, I'm saying Justin Jefferson will end the season. With the most yards out of all receivers. How is that even possible? So, currently, he is 10th with 537 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, first with 704. He has played one less game. And, I I mean, from my perspective, this Minnesota team is going to be down in a lot of games. He seems like just a garbage time player where, okay, we need some magic. Let's just throw a deep bomb to the fastest guy we have, Justin Jefferson. And I don't know. He's already put together a pretty good rookie campaign so far. And I don't see why that can't continue. And I would not be surprised, double hot take, if he has a game where he puts up over 200 yards receiving. I said it. He just feels due. For a 200 yard game, it does. Sure, sure. Worst case scenario, 190. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I'll give you 185. We're, we're being realistic here. Worst case scenario. Now, going on to the rushing sides of things, hot take. 
Ezekiel Elliott does not finish as a top 15 running back in total yards. I don't even know where he's at right now. He's currently number nine and has played seven. And by that same logic with the Justin Jefferson, this team is trending downwards fast. They're going to need to be thrown from behind quite a bit. And that O-line is just probably going to get more and more injured. They find ways. They find ways. And Zeke might get another little fit of the fumble scares and start splitting carries. We don't know. We don't know. It's a hot take for a reason. Gotcha. Tags, what about you? What's your hot take? He already said Falcons. It's true. I did say Falcons 10 and 6. Worst case scenario. (laughs) Worst case scenario. (laughs) So if we're looking at a team similar to uh, the Detroit Lions on the AFC side of the coin, I'm thinking this Indianapolis Colts team or the Raiders. I don't know which. I like both of those teams over the Lions. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have to bring up point differential here, Tags? (laughs) You might have to. The Detroit Lions point differential at three and three is negative nine. The Colts plus 42 and the Raiders minus 26. So that Raiders. I like the Raiders to make the playoffs over the Lions. But the point differential, that doesn't add up. I know. Oh, man. I don't care about the point differential. Sorry, that's the, dude, the, that's the your hot take. Are, the Raiders are a team that just like plays good and then just like. I, just plays terrible the next week. Like, I feel like they're very inconsistent on how they perform. Like, they beat the Chiefs, and the next week they lose by 25 to the Bucks. I don't know. Here's they beat the Saints. Me. They beat the Saints, and they lose by 16 to the Patriots. I mean, it's – it's just like the, they just continually drop games when they shouldn't. And that's not very good for uh, for a playoff team, in my opinion. So looking You know what down, you're going to get. You know what you're going to get with the Lions. You just never know what you're going to get with the Raiders. Theoretically, Trent, I know would you be go willing to go? I don't want it. <laughs> would you be willing to go on the air right now, Trevor, and say the New York Jets could beat the Raiders? Well, you say it. I will say that they could beat the Raiders. Wow, he uh, said it. He said it. Yeah, could beat means week. a lot of things. Jets aren't even trying to win. <laughs> Worst case scenario, they could beat. We'll see. Week, week 13. Week 13 matchup. We'll see. We will see. I, I will say that was that was the, uh, the, the Jets' best chances, according to win probability percentage, is against the Raiders that week. I said that earlier. So, if we're talking about a team that the Jets could beat, the Raiders is the best option. We've also debated how these win percentage type of stat situation are just not the ones to believe. We have to have the human eye. It's true. I guess, if you want to say that. What do you mean, I guess? We we, we all agreed on that earlier with the Falcons. Sure. Whatever you want to say, man. (laughs) Sure. I think you just I, trust too I, much I of the computers computer generated point differential. You're you're on the computer train right now. I said what I said. You did say what you said. 
Falcons have a 44% chance to beat the Panthers, apparently. Next I week. believe that. No way, dude. It's like zero. I think that's later today, isn't it? Huh? That's the Thursday night game, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. It's tonight. So we'll be able to see less than an hour. Sure, well, let's call predictions for the game since we got oh, a, I like that. while I like we're recording. That. I say the Falcons have the – no. I say the Falcons are down the whole game. Close, though. <laughs> They're just kind of a possession behind the whole game or a, uh, a score behind the whole game. They make a big stop in the fourth quarter. They make a push down the field. And then something happens, and they can't convert. They I think tonight, five. tonight is the night the season gets turned around. For Atlanta, we've said that. Turn no, 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 no. Tonight, though. Tonight, the Falcons specifically, win. the Falcons win this game. Worst 20, case, twenty-seven, seventeen. No way they win by two. Final scores. score. Worst no case scenario, way. they win the game by twenty. Seventeen. Final score, Falcons. They already played once this season. The Panthers won twenty-three to sixteen. That influences anybody's decision. Nope. I. I don't know. I've been pleasantly surprised by this Panthers team without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but tonight's the night the Falcons. I'm going to say 27-23 Panthers with the Falcons putting giving a push late in the uh, fourth quarter. I think you're just looking at the point differential right now. Me? You said it, yeah. How? How is that going to influence my decision? <laughs> because the Panthers have a negative six point differential. And the Falcons have a negative 23. So it sounds like you scripted it up pretty much uh, right along the lines of the point differential spread here. I'm, point differential guy. Huge point differential I'm going guy. off their last meeting. History does not dictate the And the future. Falcons' inability to win a game against a team that isn't crap. The Vikings. Panthers are I was talking about the Vikings. One. I'm going to say it. I agree with Tags. I think the Falcons turned the season around right here. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, wait. Okay. I don't know oh, if they no, turned the season around. I just the no no no. Roll with Hold it. on. So I'm not saying they can turn the season around because I still think they end the season as a losing team, but I think they get a win tonight, a healthy win. Turn it around. I, I like, think I, like I think it is probably I think it's probably a 17 point win. Whew. I'm going to say 20, 27 to 10. Why is everyone going 27? It's copying me. It feels, yeah. in terms of the yeah, find your Adami, own find your own score, Dave. Twenty seven is already taken. Well, I was gonna say uh, thirty five to eight, or yeah, thirty five to, to eighteen, <laughs> but eighteen just doesn't sound realistic. So I had to tell that to the Bills. The tell that to the Bills. <laughs> They'll get six field goals on you in no time, like clockwork. All right, any closing comments, anybody? And then we just gave our hot takes away. Anything that can't be rebutted or bottled? The point differential is officially a dead stat. No, that's the stat to watch for sure. That's false. <laughs> that two is, is going to get thwomped in his two, first matchup. Uh, I think you might get thwomped. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see how that goes. And the Browns end up with a losing record. Yep. That's 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 pretty easy. That's all I've got. Love it. Chicago does not make the playoffs. Bears don't make the playoffs. Yeah, no shot. I don't think that's a hot take. The NFC East sends two teams to the playoffs. 
<laughs> I couldn't say that with a straight face. That's tough. <laughs> Football team and the Eagles. Why are we not talking about the Giants in this conversation? No chance. No Giants shot. to the playoffs? It could happen. People forget. Giants to the playoffs. They're only two and a half games out or something like that. It's like Daniel, Daniel Jones is yeah. second fastest player in the NFL. People forget. True. Stumbling. Stumbling. Bumbling. That was a tough stumble. That was very, very Eli Manning esque. Yes. No way, dude. Eli Manning is not making it that far. But if he did, <laughs> no. But just in terms of did, the stumble, if he did, you know he'd be stumbling right he'd there. He'd be stumbling like forty yards back, though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, guys, it's been a good one. We'll try to uh, stay on pace for more. Uh, more episodes. We're on a great pace. No promises. No yeah, problems. Three, three weeks through seven. About every other week. Yeah, every yeah other ain't week no problem. Pace. We round up here. Yeah, it's not week eight yet. No way. Not for another uh, about fifteen hour. minutes. Hour. Yeah. Yep. We're good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys. Peace. Peace.